Welcome to a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And we believe that men will be punished for their own <laughs> sins and not for Adam's transgression. Did you know that? I think they did. <laughs> I think they knew. Uh, so if you're just, uh, if you've kind of been skipping around through episodes or maybe you're just discovering and joining us this week, you might want to go back and listen to last week's episode. We are on number two of a 13-part series covering the Articles of Faith. So this week, Article of Faith 2, as you just heard it, um, and we'll continue through them. But if you're one of those people who really needs to hear everything in order, <laughs> you can stop, go back, and listen to that one. We're not really referencing it's things like in serial order. Ton, but... Yeah, they're all pretty much a one-off. But we're going to cover them all by the time we get through. Mm-hmm. By hook or crook, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's a pretty short one. I'll read it again, but it, um, I mean, I thought that about last week's too, about the first article of faith, and we ended up yeah, having plenty, to, plenty to talk about. But it's interesting. Um, this seems kind of self explanatory, even like when we first read it last week, you were like, yeah. what are we going to talk about? <laughs> it's going to be a five minute podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're accountable for your own sins. Okay. Bye, everyone. Uh, well, I think people that are raised in our church uh, do take that one for granted because yes. that's what we were saying. I was like, well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's so self-evident. Yeah. Because we were just raised in this church. And right. That's... But at the time, it was not very self-evident. And even now, outside of the church, not even close. Yeah. So um, I am not a historian and this is not the follow him podcast. <laughs> if you want some really cool historical context behind things that are discussed, go listen to one of those, but I will give my dollar store version oh. <laughs> of the historical context. So <laughs> be a save mark. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll go with that. Maybe like a Target in a bad neighborhood version. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, janky Target version <laughs> of the historical context. So uh, at the time that Joseph Smith first shared this, and then of course still in you know other religions throughout the world, the predominant belief was and is um, that we are guilty of original sin. And original sin, depending on who you ask, is defined a little differently. But the basic idea is... If you are born, you automatically and instantaneously are born with the guilt of your um, your father Adam and his transgression, uh, which they see as a sin, not a transgression. They see as a mistake and as thwarting the plan of God rather than being a piece of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... One of the reasons why, like in the Catholic Church, for example, you're baptized as an infant mm-hmm. is because um, while they believe that you are still capable of sinning or still have a, a proclivity towards sin, just being alive, that your baptism needs to cleanse you mm. from that original sin, from okay. the sin of Adam. So, and again, you know, the d- different religions kind of take it different ways, of like whether they're referring to original sin as specifically just that the sin of Adam being on your head, or mm-hmm. if it also includes just your 
stronger tendency towards sin. Mm -hmm. But all this to say, the, the big takeaways are, for one thing, they assume that Adam's actions were a sin. Uh-huh. Which we have different. We have a different view that. of that. Okay. They assume that because of that sin, we're in a worse condition than we mm-hmm. would have been without it. Not existing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never having come to earth. That sounds nice. But that's not how they see it. And then number three, they believe that you're guilty of his sin by extension. This this yeah. idea of collective guilt. Uh-huh. And some even take it so far um, as to go with like a collective hum- guilt of humanity. So mm-hmm. you are guilty of everything that has been done We're by your generations so. before. Yes. <laughs> we a common hear about concept. that all the time. <laughs> Cancel culture is really a great analogous <sighs> and a great way to help us understand original sin. Um, I mean, people paying reparations for apartments that they land, that they live on, and things like that here. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of my uh, college acquaintances posted a while back about how they, singular they, I want to make sure I get that right, show respect, um, are paying reparations. They're paying into a fund that is reparations for the Native American tribe that once owned the land upon which this person's apartment now exists. And so they were encouraging all of us to go to this website and discover what land our, our, our apartments, were on. apartments had built on because by living there, we were just as guilty as those who had taken the land yeah. from those. Now, obviously, we don't need to get into the you know ills of history and yeah, all of that. that. But that concept of like, yeah, just by mm-hmm. living in this land that at one point belonged to someone else, you're guilty. Like that of idea is at the core of uh-huh. original sin. Adam did something that was inherently wrong in our view. And just by being the seed of Adam, you are as guilty, equally yeah. as guilty as him and need to do something, take some action. And in most cases, baptism mm-hmm. to cleanse yourself of that sin. Yeah. Okay. So, Going back to what we believe, I'm going to read it again, because with that context, it kind of takes on some some deeper meanings. We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. Notice the difference of those two words, right? We'll be punished for our own sins and not for Adam's transgression. doesn't say and not for Adam's sin. Mm-hmm. It says for Adam's transgression. So... What do we know about Adam's transgression? Why are they referring to it as not as a sin in that article of faith? Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, it's not a story. Well, it's it's both, but yeah. <laughs> I was trying to what do you think about that? I think it's a big difference between a sin and a transgression. So if we think about sin, it's going against the will of God. Yeah. Transgression, you could generally say, is going against the will of God, too. Mm-hmm. But you have to kind of zoom out and look at the broader context, right? Like, yeah. the whole reason why Adam, you know, so, okay, so let's even talk about what we're talking about. We're talking about Adam partaking of the forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the transgression that they're referring to. Yeah. If that had not happened, we would not have come into an existence. And we'll read in a moment the scripture that talks about that. But um, they were also given the commandment to multiply 
and replenish the earth. Mm -hmm. And we know they couldn't do both. They couldn't do both. Right. Uh So you have two commandments that you're given. You can't keep them both. So you're going to break a commandment either way. Right. So then they are basically given this decision. Do we break the commandment that we've been given to create spirit bodies for the entirety of the hosts Mm -hmm. of heaven? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the two thirds of the hosts of heaven. Um, Or do we break the commandment about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which could allow us to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know that they gained further understanding, but there, there clearly was some understanding of that dichotomy, even before they they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. It wasn't just a blind. I don't know. That looks tasty. (laughs) Right. As, as most of Christianity and, Mm -hmm. and, um, well, especially outside of Christianity portray it, right. This kind of goofy, Mm -hmm. well, Eve really messed up. Yeah. Adam messed up. (laughs) They're all bozos. It's true. So, enter 2 Nephi 2, which, if we had time, we would just read through the whole chapter because it's incredible on this subject. Um, But specifically, there are a few verses that just perfectly Mm -hmm. lay out the why. Why why did Adam transgress? And why is it a transgression and not a sin? Why is it not just an outright rebellion? Uh Uh-huh. So, starting in verse 22... It says, and now behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. Okay, so Adam and Eve remained in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. That's apparently what everyone thinks should have happened. But why is that a problem? Well, it goes on. And all things which were created must have remained in the same state in which they were after they were created. And they must have remained forever and had no end. So then it kind of almost sounds good still because you're mm. like, oh, yeah, well, okay. We remain in the same state we same were. Nice. God created us. Must not be that bad, yeah. right? We we're probably happy in heaven. Continuing on. And they would have had no children. Hmm, that doesn't sound so great. Oh, sorry, I'll stop editorializing. <laughs> Wherefore, they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. But behold... All things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Okay, so what about us being sinful? What about that? Well, it goes on. (laughs) And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time that he may redeem the children of men from the fall. So the implied piece of the second article of faith is why we believe mm-hmm. that me- men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression is because of the Messiah, because of their, our savior, Jesus Christ uh-huh. and his atoning sacrifice in that enabling power to redeem us from the fall. Mm-hmm. What we don't believe is that there's some second step that we need to do in order to get that redemption. So that's kind of where that important difference is. is mm-hmm. We do still believe that, we became 
sinful uh-huh. and capable of sin uh-huh. and are in a sinful state while on the earth. In other words, we, we are, man. yeah, the natural man is, mm-hmm. is exists. But what we don't believe is that the unbaptized are walking around with that condemnation upon their heads. No, like that, all our kids are unbaptized. So we wouldn't, right. <laughs> you know, it's like lucky us too bad for our kids. <laughs> I know. Yeah. To imagine that they're just walking around like as condemned, sinful, condemned yeah. people. I mean, even when they're doing stuff that's naughty then, and we're, having a hard time dealing with it, then we're always like, there's only one of us that's capable of sinning yes. here. <laughs> yeah, that's our it's common us. refrain. In <laughs> this interaction where ourselves. both of us want to yell, only one of us will be held accountable for yelling. <laughs> and it's me, so I better not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so then going back, I, I don't mean to just make this a scripture read, but I think it's really helpful because then going back to verse 21 so the Mm -hmm. verse right before where i started Mm -hmm. with the context of those verses then this makes a little more sense it says in the days um sorry and the days of the children of men this is talking about because they partook of the fruit and the days of the children of men were prolonged according to the will of god that they might repent while in the flesh wherefore their state became a state of probation and their time was lengthened according to the commandments which the Lord God gave unto the children of men. Okay, so according to the commandments. So again, they it was a transgression because mm-hmm. they were doing it to obey the commandment he gave them mm-hmm. to enable this opportunity. And it says, For he gave commandment that all men must repent, for he showed unto all men that they were lost because of the transgression of their parents. So mm-hmm. we do believe that because of that transgression, we are lost. In, in other words, that we come to earth and are separated from him yeah. physically. Yeah. But what we don't believe is that we are sinful or, mm. or guilty of that sin. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a really subtle and sinister lie that Satan puts out there where he takes this truth that, yes, we are all in a fallen state. Yes, mm-hmm. we are all capable of sinning. And yes, we are all lost and need to be saved, saved uh-huh. and redeemed. But no, we're not sinful and condemned. Uh-huh. And where this comes in is exactly what you just brought up, is there are people who believe that if their child dies before they're able to be baptized, mm-hmm. that, that child is condemned to hell. Yeah, I mean, that would be tragic. Yes. Absolutely. Like To think your child that you got to know and love for however many days or months... Uh-huh that they're just going to go to hell and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And I can see why it would be such a relief to have that doctrine. Like if you like in church history, when you hear about like um, Joseph Smith and with his children and things like that, getting that mm-hmm. revelation that they aren't guilty of sin. Right. And they can be redeemed. Right. And they can they be reunited, with... reunited with their kids. Yeah. So Yeah. So a lot of these layers, like you said, are easy for us to take for granted mm-hmm. when we are, are in the church. But um, even just without that truth, I imagine, you know, I think about even people thinking about those who died before, um, even as adults or at any age yeah. who were unbaptized. Yeah, exactly. And your thoughts about that, yeah. you know, how you would feel toward them if you if you thought, oh, my gosh, they were unredeemed of 
original sin. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I hope they're okay. You know, like yeah. it creates this doubt or this gray area instead of understanding. No, they are redeemed by the power of the atonement, and they can receive further redemption through baptism, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's redemption from their own sins, their own choices. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. What do you think about when it's okay? So it says we believe that men will be punished for their own sins. We're not all punished for our sins. Yeah. Like the atonement can save you from being punished. But it's not like you just automatically have that. <laughs> you have to right. access it yourself. Yeah. You know, that's what I was just thinking of too, is like, it's interesting how the articles of faith, even this one that doesn't specifically mention the atonement, they're all based upon that as our entire you know church is yeah. based upon Jesus Christ and right. his atonement. So really anything you can come back to that, but that's, it's a huge part of this. Yeah. It's a huge part of it. Cause yes, if so, we're not guilty of sin before we're baptized. Fine. But what about after like, right. Do plenty of sinning after we're baptized right? or after the age of accountability. Yeah, whether or, or not after, you're baptized. Yes. Or yeah. after you're accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I remember when I got baptized, I never makes their jokes, you know, like you're perfect. Don't mess up. Yeah. <laughs> and then as a really sincere kid, I took that really seriously. And I yeah. felt really bad when I messed up. Yeah. Like the first time I noticed that I messed up after, right. you know, like hit my sister or something like sure. that. But I was missing understanding about the second piece of that as an eight year old. Yeah. Uh, knowing that I wasn't going to be accountable for <laughs> Right. All the sins that I did. That's the whole point is that you have repentance. You have the atonement. You have that feeling of being able to make or have what you do do wrong made better. Yeah. And and it's really empowering even just to know, okay, you're not accountable for these things that you can't control, but you are accountable for the things that you can control. Mm -hmm. So you should be trying to avoid those sins. Like Mm -hmm. you should be aware of them and hold yourself accountable because Mm -hmm. you will be held accountable. I think that, you know, some people see that or think of that as maybe condemning or stressful or, Oh, Mm -hmm. but I think it's empowering because it's saying you are the agent Mm -hmm. that determines how you live your life and what sins you take upon your own head. Yeah. You're accountable for them and you will face punishment unless you partake of the atoning power of Jesus Christ. And so, how much more motivation is that then well, yeah. to f- qualify and, and um, partake of that to repent mm-hmm. so that you can actually have that peace and have that redemption? Yeah. Whereas original sin, like imagine just thinking, well, what difference does it make? No matter what, no matter what I do, I just already have this guilt. I start off with a deficit. Yeah. Start out in the hole. Yeah. You don't want that. Like that is a very nihilistic view of existence. Mm-hmm. From the moment I was born, I had sin on my head. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier too to appreciate for me to appreciate the atonement for sins that I like that I know I'm committing. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're saying okay, you're we're redeemed from that uh, sin that Adam did transgression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember doing that, you know, right. like, yeah. but you, does that make sense? Like yeah, but or, when I'm do things that I know are sinful, I usually know mm-hmm. before or after and either will fully choose to do them or else I mess up and 
and then I feel that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So then I know how to repent and then you use access the atonement and you can feel it wash away. Right. But from something that's not, I don't know. Well, and it's like those who haven't received a fullness of the gospel. It's the yeah. same concept that applies, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah. somebody who has not ever been taught that, you know, sex before marriage, let's say as an example, yeah. is a sin. And, the, and, you know, they don't know about the law of chastity. Yeah. And so they're, you know, in a happy relationship, they're living with the person that they're with, but they're not married. Mm -hmm. And as far as they're concerned, if they're a good person, they're trying to live as God would want them yeah. to live. Then they learn about the law of chastity. Maybe they join the church or whatever. Uh -huh. um, it's only from that point that they gain that knowledge forward that they can then be held accountable yeah. to that standard. Mm -hmm. And then at that point when they're capable of that being a sin. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that it wasn't sinful for them to do that? Well, it's still not right in the eyes of God, mm -hmm. but they aren't held accountable yeah. for the time when they were doing that without being aware that it was a sin. Uh -huh. And I think some people who join the church have a hard time with that because they really feel condemned uh -huh. when they like view their past lives. And, you know, there's some things that take more time of to course. break those habits because they weren't aware of them being sin. And uh -huh. I think we underestimate the grace that God has um, and the mercy that he can apply to those people mm -hmm. of like, okay, this was your lifestyle for this whole period of time. You've now joined the church. Yeah. It's not an overnight. Now, none of this is a struggle for you. Yes. You're going to slowly transform and slowly become more accountable as your capacity increases, as your knowledge increases, even as your testimony mm -hmm. of this being a commandment, right? Just because someone says this is a commandment, it has to be born to your soul before you really gain that deep understanding. Yeah. And then once you have that, yeah, you're accountable, but also, yeah, you're much more able. Yes. Right. Of course. I'm sure there's some cool wordplay I could do like yeah. John, by the <laughs> um, way, with accountable, but yeah. first you must be able. <laughs> then you have to take account. Yeah. I'm sure there's something in there, yeah, but John, sure. by the way, can do that better than I can. Yeah. Um, It's just really cool to think about. Yeah. We're, we're punished for the sins that we are able to recognize that we can be aware of. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not accountable for things that we, A, did not even have control over. Mm -hmm. And B, also just were unaware of being yeah. sin, being sinful. Yeah. And for me, it's just like a level of actually being able to be grateful in a personal way for the atonement. Um, because mm -hmm. it's something that's personal to me when I'm making yeah. those errors. Yeah. Um, and then to have them forgiven. And to be clean again mm -hmm. is a way for you to feel connected to the Savior, like as an actual person who mm -hmm. actually did that. <laughs> and that was the whole point of this probationary state, mm -hmm. so that we would be able to come to earth and have that time to prove ourselves, mm -hmm. to, to learn to overcome the power of sin. Mm -hmm. um, men are that they might have joy. And that's why we're here. We're not here just to be miserable. Yeah. Suffer. A lot of people seem to act like that. Like follow, you're going to follow these rules and you're going to just get through it. Right. <laughs> like get through Grin it. Grin and bear it gospel. Isn't what we're meant to do. Right. So <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a probationary state and they view it as like a qualifying trial yeah. for some bigger event that they just want to get to. And like, okay, I'll just get this over with. Then yeah. I can get to what I really want to be doing. Gospel like, really no, this, is so there's joyful. joy in it. Yeah. Uh -huh. There's certain aspects of it that are challenging. Mm -hmm. There's things that are hard that you do, mm -hmm. but it's all comes down to being 
that one thing to finding joy, mm -hmm. whether it's just from the end where you're redeemed and you feel, you know, that happy yeah. state. Well, and it doesn't say Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have pleasure. Yeah. Or men are that they might have happiness mm -hmm. or that they might have contentment and ease. Like yeah. there's other words that That's the true. Lord could have used there. He That's used the word point. joy. And I don't know about you, but I'm perfectly capable of having joy in times of trial and suffering. Yeah. I'm perfectly capable of having joy when I'm tired and exhausted mm -hmm. and when things aren't necessarily going the way that I, through my natural eyes, wish that they were going. Mm -hmm. What I'm not capable of having joy is when I'm being sinful. Mm -hmm. Like I've never found joy That's true. in sin. And my joy is taken from me at the times when I've been more sloppy and, and not been more careful to avoid sin. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really it's important a word that that joy, that peace really can only come from the companionship of the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. And we're here to seek that. And anything else is a distraction. So you're not going to get joy from, you know, a thousand hours of Netflix. You're not going to oh, get joy yeah. from your bank account reaching a certain level. Yeah. Those are not things that bring you joy. They're distractions. Yeah. And we are that we might have joy. Mm -hmm. But what we have to do is figure out what it is that will bring us that joy. Yeah. Obviously, the aforementioned repentance is at the heart of that. Yeah. That's true. If you think about the things that bring you joy, they're always the things that are of God <laughs> that are right. like serving others. Sometimes beforehand, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. You know, oh, I'll yeah. have a bad attitude. The natural man. Stop, whatever, tries natural to stop man you. has yeah. this, a bad attitude. And then as I'm serving or and afterward, I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that. You have yeah. the Holy Spirit with you. And then you feel that joy. Right. Even if the person doesn't appreciate it. So I don't want to derail from what has been a very spiritually focused discussion. But I do want to go back. <laughs> I want to circle back a little bit before we end to this idea of cancel culture and collective guilt. Because yeah. I think that, that that eternal truth is really important and a lot of people miss it, mm -hmm. especially when they're listening to the talking heads of um, you know, cable news more yeah. than they're listening to, or social media uh, influencers more than they're listening to the scriptures and, oh, yeah. and the prophets. So we don't believe that people are guilty of other people's sins and mistakes. Mm -hmm. Guilt by association is not a gospel principle. No. I repeat, guilt by association is not a gospel principle. But there are a lot of members of the church that seem to be totally fine with mm -hmm. going along with it, whether it's through, like I said, like cancel culture, like the idea of mm -hmm. if someone does something that we don't like, then we want to bring them and anything to do with them down. So like that, you know, the, this person who works at this company did this thing that we don't like. Now we want that whole company to tank. Yes. Which would mean all the other employees, whether or not they jobs. had anything to do with it, people who uh -huh. benefit from the services or goods at that company, like, yeah. you know, it, it's an exponential result, mm -hmm. but also just like, um, un unrelated beliefs, or habits or, you know, pieces of identity. People are willing to do this. So like, oh, you voted for this person. I condemn you yeah. because all people who voted for that person are the same. Uh -huh. Oh, you are a member of this political party. Mm -hmm. I condemn you because all people who are a part of this party are yeah. the same. We see it a you lot right now. You are a member of this family. 
Mm-hmm. I condemn you because this member of that family pissed me off in this way or yep. offended me in this way. Yeah. You are a member of this religion. I know this about this religion. So you therefore must believe all these things. Uh-huh. You, um, <laughs> I have to say it. You use this hashtag. <laughs> you must be like the worst people that I've ever seen use that hashtag. I mean, the list yeah. just goes on and on That's and true. on of and I'm talking about from members of the church uh-huh. who I see so comfortable just condemning large swaths of the population mm-hmm. because of some little commonality that they have yeah. with someone else. But that is not how the Lord views us. And that's not how the Lord judges us. Mm-hmm. And it, it flies in the face of his atoning sacrifice to say, we can now be justified in condemning this entire group. Yep. Because this one element of one part of that group, one member of that group, or one thing about it is something we don't like. So everyone's as equally guilty. Mm-hmm. The The mass is not guilty of the worst sin of one of its members. We are each accountable for our own. Yes. Um, so that was my soapbox rant. <laughs> I have to say it. Because <laughs> yeah. it just, it bothers me in two ways. One, I don't like being condemned. And I often am. For yeah. things that I do, yeah, um, that are associated with others, like oh, you're a blank voter. You use that hashtag. You, I mean, that's you name it. I've had yeah. all of those laid uh-huh. on me. You support masculinity. Well, this yeah, guy yeah. who liked masculinity <laughs> did this to my sister, so you're guilty of that. I'm like, no, I'm no, not. Judge me by my own actions. Show me where I am guilty, and I will absolutely be accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. But two, I think it's a sinister way that Satan causes us to kind of turn our back on huge mm. movements or ideas or concepts or even basic gospel truths, mm-hmm. um, signs of the times even, because he gets us to view this whole based on our uh-huh. contempt for a, a part, yeah, right? So cool. like there's prophecies about the end times and the government and, and the U.S. government and stuff like that. And people are turning their back on all of it because they're like, well, I hated that president. And so that couldn't have been part of that. Yeah. Or I'm a pro this. So I don't believe it. Like it mm-hmm. just, it really is dangerous. Yeah. It's, it uses the idea of compassion and like kindness as a weapon so yes. that people say, well, you're not a kind person if you don't accept everything about that person. Right. Um, or if you don't condemn this thing about this group. Or you don't condemn this, this, yeah, this, what this group stands for, whether mm-hmm. or not it's individuals, mm-hmm. what they believe. Or, I don't know, because there's, of course, there's going to be different people in every group. Mm-hmm. There's going to be jerks in every group. And there's going to be great right. people in every group. Right. So you just really can't. <laughs> Yeah, unless like the group yeah. is expressly organized yes. around being okay, a terrible gonna have, person. Yeah, they're gonna have you're gonna find of, a like, wide variety. Ku Klux Klan or something. They're probably <laughs> right. all that people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you shouldn't have been that specific, maybe, but <laughs> there could be some good people who are just misguided. You never know. <laughs> I know. No, so yeah. I guess I'm judging too, but but you know, for yeah. the most part that group yeah. stands for hate. Right. No, their their whole so point is yeah, their whole point is hate against hate. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's like there are some few examples where you can say, yeah, oh, I, I can judge the group okay. by, uh, you know, individual members by their identity in the group because that's what they stand for. Yeah. But in most cases, like if it's... I work at 
Frito-Lay yeah. and some CEO said some anti-fill-in-the-blank-ist thing mm-hmm. on the internet. I, as a truck driver, am not yeah. collectively guilty exactly. of that person's misdeeds. Exactly. Another way that I think that this is really wrong and a terrible thing to settle for is it also completely disrespects the opportunity or the concept of repentance, mm-hmm. right? So we say, well, this person, like how often does it happen in politics where they'll dig up something that this person did or said mm-hmm. years before you no longer can be trusted because you did this thing. Mm-hmm. That is not the way the gospel works. I mean, some of the yeah. most righteous, pure-hearted people I know are people who decades ago were against the church uh-huh. or were sinning left and right. Yeah. So we cannot condemn based off of just one little piece. Yes. The whole point of, and I know it's kind of a far tangent from, Men are, I mean, from, um, mm-hmm. we believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression, but we believe that men will be punished, not by us, by God. Mm-hmm. And so is it our job to punish them? No. Is it our job to condemn and decide what punishment they receive? No. Is it our job to recognize our own guilt and our own sins? Yes. Mm-hmm. And thank God for that atoning power that we can all overcome that and i don't want any less mercy on others than i want on myself i agree i'm not going to cheer on justice on them and cheer on mercy on myself Mm -hmm. that would be hypocritical i'm going to say i am happy and thankful that we all have access to that mercy and i hope that they do access it and if they don't that's between them and god yeah i agree feels like for me there's always going to be people having different opinions than you have other than the prophets and god obviously they're what what they say is prophecy and is god's word so whatever they say is not an opinion (laughs) but you know if you have a different opinion from somebody else then you don't and you don't agree just move on and they can do the same or state your opinion then you both move on right (laughs) it's like i don't see the point of condemning somebody for what their opinion is right that you don't agree with just outright yeah people can be different from you it would be really boring if we were all the same person it w- and ineffective <laughs> imagine yeah. if you know people who thought exactly the same way had to do every job and so you had yeah. paramedics who were super heartless because yes. heartless people were actually better at this other role yeah. or you had judges that were super sympathetic because mm-hmm. we needed the sympathetic people for the paramedics like you have to have different skill sets for different roles different parts of society exactly different different people it's like then the point is then you're gonna you're both different you both have an opinion one of you might be right one of you might be wrong you're not going to be punished for a wrong other person's opinion (laughs) no it doesn't impact you so if you don't agree (laughs) it's not not gonna hurt you yeah it's just i don't agree i'm not gonna be punished for it but they're trying so, to tell me what I can and can't do. Can't. They go in those, but it's like they're gonna vote something that tells me I can't do something. It's like so if they have that opinion <laughs> and the majority of them want that, then that's how democracy works. <laughs> yes. So it it's supposed to work. Anyway, and so yeah. it goes back to the same concept of the article of faith. Right. Individual you're not accountability. Be accountable for someone else making yes. a mistake. And how liberating that is. Yes. <laughs> you do you, I do me. At the end of the day, God will sort it out. Yes. Thank God for that. And honestly, we're we're too dumb and 
what's the word? Like our thinking is too poor for us to, why would we ever think we would be the ultimate judges of that? Like I'm wrong all the time. I change my mind all the time. I progress in my opinions and my views of things all the time. So I wouldn't want that responsibility to be the ultimate, uh, you know, arbiter of, well, this person's opinion is valid. (laughs) They can keep their job. This person's opinion is invalid. They lose their job and their family. And their social standing. I know. Ah, to be so arrogant. But here we are. Yep. All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that that article of faith. I had no idea how much was in it until Mm -hmm. we just talked about it. This is why we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) I will never view these articles of faith the same. (laughs) So be sure to catch us next episode for article of faith number three. Like I said at the beginning, if you missed the first, you can go back and listen. If you have thoughts or input on any of these episodes, especially those coming up, if you want to highlight things or suggest points to highlight, we would love that. Please do send us a message. You can DM us on Twitter at Latter-day Doofus or at Latter-day Stark. Stark? (laughs) Tony Stark's secret wife. (laughs) Whatever. You guys know who she is. At Latter-day Snark. (laughs) Exemplified here by her immediate ridicule of my mispronunciation. The baby's in the monitor. I'm trying to end quickly. I'm trying to think of where I'm saying all the things we need to say. There's a lot of pressure. (laughs) So yeah, send us a DM and um, or you can also find us on Facebook friend us without us having any context of who you are and we can find fun rabbit holes trying to figure out who you are that keeps happening too (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody have a good rest of your week thanks for listening and we'll talk to you on the next episode bye bye